Hello and welcome to the Sun Spice Wisdom Podcast. This is not weed. We are not toking out. I was just lighting a little bit of Palo Santo. Um, so today on the Sun Spice Wisdom show, we have none other than the fabulous celebrity stylist and entrepreneur, Shauna Tebow. Where's the audience at? How are you? Right. Where's the clap button? Right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put this down. This is way too distracting. I won't be able to ask you all these really intimate questions I have. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, Shauna and I met at the Dobe tubs, tubs. naked, just chilling out. It was great. It was a good time. Just full vulnerability. And it was, it was (laughs) full vulnerability. And at that time I just knew as soon as you said you did hair and makeup that you would do my wedding hair. It was like not even a question. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. I know. It really was. You were yeah. my first bride on the island. Kind of a catalyst for Oh wow. that whole experience. Opened a lot of doors. Yeah. And now you're like are almost moving here maybe. I've been transitioning for a while now. Yeah. 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 But isn't Two that and life? a half years this of a transition. Transition. When do we ever arrive? That's like my husband. <laughs> transition. Transitions are probably his hardest Thing. I'm sure he would totally get down with me if I was a graceful transitioner. You know, I, for me, I just drop the bomb. I'm like, this is happening now. Now We're doing this. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how is, I keep shooing the uh, Palo Santo dust out of the air. Oh, you need my phone? Here you go. So, I mean, how, how has it been sort of adjusting from being, so you have your studio in Arizona. Right. And that's running itself. You've got mm-hmm. all your stylists there. Yep. And now you're just sort of, I mean, you're traveling when you're going on to shoots and stuff. Um, but are you planning on being here more full time? Like what is this transition really looking like for you? Yeah. Well, it, it changes shapes often. I mean, current state of things has kind of helped propel that forward a little bit, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, I think I, my dream is to have my own independent kind of creative studio on my land, but as, um, which I totally see it. I yeah, can, I, I can too. You're just like I'm so rolling up. You're like someday. in your garden, yeah. you know, you've got maybe a dog barking or something yeah. and all of a sudden someone's rolling in and you're like, I'll be there in a minute. Right. You're like taking your like dirty boots off. And totally. <laughs> where creating can kind of take multiple forms yeah. and I have a hard time kind of sticking to one stream. So I want one space that allows me the room to do whatever, whatever I'm interested in at the time. Yeah. But that being said, I think now that we're kind of up to our elbows and building projects, um, we're realizing that she's building a yurt in case and a, a bathhouse and a bathhouse. You already built the yurt. Yes. That bathhouse is next. Bathhouse is halfway done. Yeah. We're kind of new at all this, so it's did hard you, to determine did, timeline. At what point did you know? Oh, your shoes are cute. Um, Thank at you. what point did you know that? you wanted to live this sort of, I guess, more minimalistic lifestyle versus, you know, something that's like big and lavish. Cause that could have yeah. totally been the direction right. that you went in. So yeah. what was it that made you sort of, I think it's always kind of been in my heart. You know, yeah. my, my mom and my dad were a little bit opposites in that way. Um, as far as their kind of lifestyle needs. So I was raised with a, both sides of that spectrum. Yeah. Um, and I think I had had a period of time in my twenties where I was going for a little bit more like, I don't know, I, I struggled with perfectionism and, um, 
had to have the perfect everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And just realizing how much more empty that really made me feel. And my dad was up here. And every time I came to visit this place, it just spoke to my soul. I kind of knew that I wanted to be there, but it felt really unattainable in some strange Mm -hmm. way. I don't know why. I think when you build a business in a network, you kind of feel tethered to it and you can't leave that city. Yeah. But, um, you know, when he passed and, you know, I had some life changing events too. It just kind of felt like a no brainer. Like life is short. You got to be where you want to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and that was pretty easy. I love to camp. I've always been, had a a strong minimalist side, so wasn't a hard transition at all. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I find it interesting because you, I mean, you're a, you're a stylist, you know, you work in the beauty industry and yet you're just like, I remember when you came over to our house and you were just like rocking your hunter boots. And <laughs> right. Yeah. I just like t- had just gotten done with a full day of work. And yeah. Like, let me help you build that fire. You know? Right. Just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I know. I, I often... I think struggle a little bit to marry those two um, passions in my own head because I don't do my hair or makeup or even really get dressed that much like on a regular basis. Like I like to just be in the woods and, and working on projects and I don't like to spend my time in the beauty arena, but um, I am, I feel like I have a talent for it and I love the yeah. human aspect of it. And I love being able to, be there for people like in their events or milestones. And so it's more of a, it's a, it's a social component of my life for me, not necessarily passionate about, um, the beauty industry, the perfectionist. Yeah, exactly. Stylist. Right. Right. Yeah. Embracing the undone. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I could take some, I should take some notes in my own life around that and perfectionism. (laughs) Cause that is a, Oh, it's a constant, struggle and awareness. Yeah. Comes in many forms. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to get a better idea of like where your life started. Cause you're, I mean, you were born and raised in Phoenix. Born in or, Southern California. Okay. Until I was about five. And then my mom, um, divorced my dad and we relocated to Phoenix. And what was remarried. that like? I was five. So there's not like a huge memory of it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I definitely remember it and it's funny how resilient you are as a kid. You don't really notice that like, oh, this is a weird thing that's happening. It's just something new. Yeah. Another day, another event. Yeah. I remember when I had the same sort of thing, it was kind of like a new adventure. Hmm. Yeah. Here we go. We're taking a moving van to Phoenix. Yeah. But my parents had a pretty good relationship despite the fact that they didn't want to be married anymore and... um you know, split custody and we would go on crazy adventures with my dad and have a, a normal PTA sort of lifestyle with my mom. So it was interesting to have both sides of those growing up. Nice. Yeah. And so what did your mom do as a single parent in Phoenix? Or did she, she was meet a school teacher. I, she okay. met my stepdad pretty right away and he's an educator as well. So okay. they were both kind of in that arena. So she taught elementary school. Um, and I think I was a little hard for her because I was kind of a wild child. Mm-hmm. And my dad did not have a strong educational background. He's always very sharp and self-taught, but um, not a traditional student. And I think when she saw me kind of following those lines, <laughs> it made her nervous as a teacher. But um, hey, I turned out okay. 
<laughs> I guess you did. I think Better so. than okay. <laughs> so you're so you're in Phoenix. You go to a regular high school, I assume. Yeah, public school. Okay. My and mom was a public school teacher. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then did you go to salon school? Or I did. Style? What, what school yeah, did you go to? Cosmetology school, Karstens. Oh, cool. Yeah, they have... Um, I act like, like I know that. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Awesome. They have I a Manhattan location and a Phoenix location. Random, but... Nice. Mm-hmm. It was a good school. What part of Phoenix is that? I mean, I know like there's like Tempe, which I think uh, all is Phoenix, you know? Right. It is all Phoenix proper, but... Um, the location I went to was in Tempe, so close to mm-hmm. like where ASU would oh, be. Oh, Tempe. Yeah. I said Tempe. A lot of people say Tempe. Yeah. Like the grain protein. Yeah. <laughs> Tempe. That is grain, right? Tempe? Tempe. I always thought Tempe was like a soy product mixed with something. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Like, I used to later. get strips of it at the uh, farmer's market in Southern California. It was mm. really good. Gave me horrible gas. So mm-hmm. I don't recommend eating it. But, I mean, people like it. Right. Maybe it is a grain. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out one out later. <laughs> Where's my phone? Where's Google? Um, okay, so you went to cosmetology school. Mm-hmm. And then how, what was the, like, time period between you being in cosmetology school and you being like, I'm going to open up my own business and studio? It was, like, not much time at all. Oh, wow. I did not like working for somebody else. Yeah, so I um, I graduated and went straight into a salon that actually had really great advanced education. So I am thankful that I In terms went of that business, route. The business side of um, it? Or? No, cosmetology school is kind of funny. They actually only, they give you the foundations of passing your state boards. So you can answer the practical questions and you can perform random services on a mannequin head that you will never really do that way in real life. It's more about like sanitation and learning, um, uh, safety protocol and law kind of. Mm. So you don't, very few people walk out of hair school actually with the knowledge to, to give someone a good style. Cause there's so much like personalization, texturizing, yeah. um, color is more about chemistry, not necessarily about like color theory. So there's a lot of education that needs to happen after cosmetology school. And where do you get that? You hopefully choose a salon that's got that available or you now, I mean, in the age of YouTube, I oh, graduated like yeah. 15 years ago, 16 years ago. You don't ago. look like that. Long time. Yeah. You look like you're like in your twenties, so you can just yes. be quiet and work. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Um, but yeah, so we had, we had great advanced education once a week we brought models in that we would just find off the street and like practice new techniques both for color and for cutting and though their business model was not good for me in the long run I am thankful that I learned so much from them yeah so I was only with them for about a year and then I jumped ship and started renting my own chair but so you're essentially running your own business but not necessarily your own space got it you're renting this the chair right so I was selling my own product, managing inventory, mm-hmm. doing my own books and taxes and yeah. all of that. So then it was just like, okay, now the next step is we'll go right. from the chair to the actual studio. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how much did you, was it a process of you saving up enough capital to do that? I mean, did you do it all on your own? Did you have support? Like, what did that look like? It was a transition. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a, a, I like to take my time with my transition. <laughs> Two and a half year transition. Yeah, exa- it it might have been, yeah. actually. No, no, I never really made that connection until just now talking <laughs> about it. That's so funny. I, I mean, I rented the chair back 
um, in Tempe where I grew up for about four years, but I was living in downtown Phoenix, like closer to the core of the city. And it was, um, experiencing a bit of a revitalization. There was a lot of artists that were taking over old homes and opening galleries. And I was kind of involved in the art scene because I'm a painter as well. And my heart was really downtown and I was starting to see a few clients out of my art studio, which was, um, you know, just had a big utility painting sink. Hi, Hi. William. (laughs) Do you want to be on the show? Would you like to say hello? No, just want to hang out. Maybe background. (laughs) Do you mind grabbing him? Thank you. This is my three-year-old son we've talked about. He's currently picking his nose. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Um, Um, I didn't know you were a painter. Oh, yeah. You didn't tell me that. Some of my paintings. I would love to see some of your paintings. We'll do that. Do you, I mean, are they in you? Do you have them up in different places? I think I have some images on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've been on a bit of hiatus just not having the studio space. Yeah. So it's probably been about a year since I've completed a finished piece. And your partner, Mike, is also an artist. Yeah. A very successful artist. Yeah. My friend actually was talking about him today on our run. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, I looked him up. He's like... The real deal. The real thing. I mean, yeah, I'm probably more of a hobbyist compared to him. (laughs) But I mean, call it the term artist is is a difficult one to dissect. You could probably have an entire podcast on that alone. On on what art is? What what does it mean to be the artist? Right, exactly. I feel like it's just this higher thing that you tap into, you know? Right. When I think of like, I mean, I always like put it in like the form of the goddesses, like Saraswati is this like beautiful, like Mm. she's, she's the mind, you know, completely open, able to receive whatever it is that wants to come in and work through her. Yeah. I always feel like that's, that is totally me. And sometimes she's not around for years. Do you you find that it requires an action or is it perception only? I think you can invoke it if you want, if you want to call that in. I think you have, I think that is where like you would, you could say you would have power. Hmm. At least for me, I feel like I have power when I, when I make the decision and I like, I'm like in alignment with what I want and I want her her to come in. Yeah. But it's, it takes some dedication and she'll come in all different forms. I would say my artistry right now just happens to be talking to people, you know, and it it is a form of art, art. you know, absolutely. Um, yeah. Whereas before it's been singing, before it's been dancing, before I didn't know it's you were been, a singer. Yeah. Do you want to sing something for us? On Probably the podcast? not today. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> usually the fall. I I find it funny how we mm. all like move into these different places with the seasons. Right. Do you find that that happens to you? Like where you'll like move into like, I mean, naturally right. in winter you move into a more like reclusive place, but. Yeah. Do you notice from, as being an artist, do you, do you flow with the seasons at all? A different I, I know that when the season... I guess in Phoenix, there aren't a lot. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, the hot season. and then hot. <laughs> I mean, it, it cools down in the winter, which is nice. I mean, that's when everyone comes out of their shell in Phoenix is the wintertime. It's the opposite. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you can actually enjoy yourself outside. And, yeah. And, and the think, sun's still think, shining and, like, and it's nice. Properly. Yeah, it's actually the, the wintertime in Phoenix is a lot like the summertime here. It's like 70s, chilly at night. Interesting. Yeah. I guess come check it out. Yeah, maybe I should go to Phoenix in the wintertime right. then. We were looking at going to Sedona and kind of doing a little... Is it colder up there? It's probably colder It's a up little there. higher elevation, yeah. Yeah. A little chillier. Yeah. They get snow. 
sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what I want to do in the no. wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> but I do notice that with the season, when the seasons are transitioning, I feel like I kind of like come alive and look around. I'm like, what needs an adjustment? It's like I spring clean in between every season. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Just naturally you just do it. Right. It's funny. Time for a shift. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So, so you have your, you're in Phoenix. You have this new salon. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about what year it is. People <laughs> guess, you know. Right. Um, it's on the website. And then at what point did you start bringing more people in? Um, I was probably about four years in. I was doing a lot more freelance. So I was peppering mm-hmm. in photo shoots almost <laughs> five times a week with my clients as well. So it was not necessarily a storefront business. Um, I shared it with my partner at a time at the time who was a photographer and that was kind of a nice little, this union. is not your current partner. Someone no. else. Yeah. Clearly I've got a photographer habit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Well, um, you like a man with a good eye. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so when that started to really wear me out, you know, because photo shoots, I mean, they change 24 hours prior. You have to really be flexible and on your feet and rearranging that schedule with my clients was just kind of started to grind on me. I was like, I want something more regular. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, decided to, to make it more of a storefront. I'd, I'd always been a collector of vintage and I love like handcrafted, like goods, jewelry, um, lifetime objects. Yeah. You know? And this is where your shop is just so cool. And I've only been able to see pictures online cause I need to get my butt down to actually see it. <laughs> but this idea that you would have this almost retail experience. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Was that something you just came up with or was that something you had seen someone else do? And you were like, I'm going to take that same model and like make it my own. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's so cool and it makes so much sense where you're like, yeah, they're sitting there waiting for their color to get done and they're just shopping away, spending even more money, which is, I mean, from a business perspective, brilliant, but yeah. also just a very unique experience. You know, I would love to be sitting in a spot like that. Right. I think it kind of happened organically, probably through the clothing, because I always kind of kept a rack of clothes in there for when I would do shoots and things in the space. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. And then I would sell some vintage out of there and it just kind of grew from there. And honestly, it's like, I love, like, I love a good, like, pepper grinder or like a marble um, candle holder, you know, it's like, if I'm going to be seeking these things out myself and creating a curation for my own life. Like why wouldn't I make that available in Phoenix? Cause there wasn't a lot of that yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like getting out of that mindset of like fast consumerism was something that I wanted to promote. Like yeah. spend a little bit more money on something that's handmade with love and have it forever and give it to your kids so that actually retains the soul of your life and you pass it along. Yeah. Like I just loved that. So I w- that's why I wanted to make that space. Yeah. No, it's, it's very cool. It's yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you. To, I'm still thinking about this. Uh, well, you know what I actually started thinking about as you were talking was this idea because um, you were you were talking you were talking a lot about like who you are mm. as a person and how that's to- that's obviously infiltrated within your business, right? And um, and you can see it online when you go to your website. Which, by the way, her website is it, it mercantile.com, phoenixmercantile.com, phoenixmercantile.com. So mm-hmm. anyone who's watching, you definitely want to go check her stuff out. It's very cool, very eclectic. Um, like minimalist, edgy, and like 
fun, right? I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. I don't know if that's – how would you describe your own – Oh, my own aesthetic. Oh, it's hard to pin down on any given day. But definitely, like, I love – I like things that are timeless. Mm-hmm. But um, not necessarily s- – so minimal that they would enter into the realm of modern. Yes. Kind of like right. the absence of, of over embellishment in design is something that's kind of been important for a hundred years or more. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be modern per se, but I like that mixture of found and created and raw textures and textiles and materials. You're you're up here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Perfect. It totally does. <laughs> Me, I'm like, bring on all the gold. <laughs> I'll take all I the gold. I love me some gold too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you have this, you have this fabulous shop. You're with your photography boyfriend. And how long were you guys together? That was actually before I created the shop. So okay. that was maybe kind of the primary impetus for turning it into a little bit more of a retail space. We um, decided to separate. And so the space became mine completely. And um, why did you decide to separate? We were together for three years and there was a big age difference. 18 years difference and he had three kids Mm -hmm. and um, they were great. And I loved like being a part of their life and they lived with us. We all lived together. So I was kind of, um, wow. You like moved into a very maternal role without having been a mother. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was great. You know, they're, they're amazing kids, but I think that just seeing that, that love in that family made me very sure that I wanted to have like my own kids. And that was something that, um, he did not want to do. So we we called it the impasse for years until finally the, the impasse turned into the end, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And then you were in another relationship. Yes. So then, um, I created the shop and I actually, um, Got me a photographer too. No, he was an architect. So oh. that's why that was my one deviation. Not that far away. Not that far like, away. Could have been a the, photographer. Yeah. <laughs> always was, in the creative industry for yeah. sure. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was he was great too, you know. I learned a lot about my sense of space and and how to look at the relationship of of rooms and buildings and how your environment talks to you and to itself. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you were to like psychoanalyze the shop, what how would you psychoanalyze that as like as an environment? This shop? Yeah. I mean, this has got an, an amazing energy. I know it was a, a quick move in for you. I mean, this, mm-hmm. so I I play this game actually with Mike. So whenever we go to a new restaurant, we we pick out the top 5 things that we would change. Mm. And money's no object. Like the top five things that have the most amount of impact on like your spatial experience. Lighting is almost always one of them. And this yep. has got great light in it. I love all the the windows and the natural mm. light as it filters in. Um, you can tell it used to be an office, so it's compartmentalized. I'm sure if you had your your druthers, you would knock all the walls down. Yeah, I actually thought about putting like uh, curtains in along here. But where I, I don't think I could because of the way where the lights are. Right. But I had thought about maybe I'll just grab long sort of 
wall curtains and it will at least make it feel but it's cool too how you have these different compartments set up like I mean yeah. this is this now which is so fun yeah you've got the meditation room in your own office and the front feels like a, like a really great retail experience yeah it's inviting you can hang out yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd change much <laughs> so your shop that you have in Phoenix it's still going it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I and go back and maintain a small clientele okay. just to keep the income stream running while I'm building a yurt. Building. <laughs> How's the bathhouse coming along? The bathhouse is coming along great. I wish and I could it, have some pictures to show her. I know. Yeah. Maybe I'll post some. Yeah. It looks amazing. And I'm super proud of us. Both Mike has, is pretty handy and he's had a lot of building experience, but this is the first time for both of us going ground up. Um, yeah. just by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we've learned a lot and it's been really fun. And I think if you can build something with your partner, you can kind of do anything. We've had some arguments, but not yeah. so much. Yeah. 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 No, I hear that. Ryan always said, I think just the other day he was talking to his friend who is going through a rough time with his relationship. And he was like, look, the way that like, I, I always have to like put everything through is like at the end of the day, if like we were deserted on an Island, is that the person that I'd want to be like with, you know, right. if it was like survival mode, like, can we get shit done together? And I yeah. feel like that's a great place to start in any relationship, right? For sure. That's totally you and Mike. Obviously. Oh yeah. We could survive anywhere. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it's going good. 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 Are you, um, are you going to keep the shop running and moving in Arizona? I am. I think, um, you know, the state of what I'm doing with that space is definitely something that I'm evaluating constantly, yeah. you know, especially with travel being a little bit more difficult in these current times. Like it's not realistic for me to go. Yeah back and forth to Phoenix to maintain my clientele. What's that been like having to wear a mask while you're doing people's hair for sometimes I've, hours on end? Yeah, I've gotten used to it. I've test drove a lot of different types of masks and just found one that feels the most comfortable to me. And I think, are they, is it really light so that you can breathe I, out the of The paper it? ones, the disposable ones. The simple what, paper yeah, ones. Yeah, they feel like the lightest. I've gone through cloth ones. I've gone through, like, the full heavy-duty N95s are a little bit too much. Yeah. Because you do. I mean, I, I pull, like, Do you feel like, like you're suffocating a little bit at the end of it? Like, I notice. Because I notice I have to pull mine off and be like. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I do that. Like I take breaks outside in yeah. between clients, but it's like 118 degrees out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and we have a bake break room at my space too. That's so nice. you can take a little break in between. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel like I've acclimated. I mean, I, I imagine doctors do too. Not that I'm like in that realm, but right. No, you think about them having to do like yeah, you know, six hour surgeries and I've gotten nuts. used to it, but I do find that it makes my, my breathing shallower. And so that's yeah. something that I 
Um, Mike and I take, when we're in Phoenix, we do a walk like every morning through the neighborhood and I try and yeah. like do eight count inhales and exhales and just yeah. really deepen and open the lungs. Cause mm-hmm. it's not good to be, it's not shed, good. All that stuff like that. just, cause then you have all that like matter within your lungs that just like gets pushed down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I've known since I've been wearing masks and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this where I feel like I'm coughing more phlegm up Yeah, and I'm coughing it up. Yeah, Naturally it's my body's way of trying to like push things out because I think when right. you're not, you know, exercising your lung, it's not yeah. naturally sort of slowly doing that on its own. It has to like come out in these spurts, you know, which yeah. is, I don't know. It's not my it'll favorite. Be, it will be really interesting <laughs> to see kind of what, what we learn from this time period from, yeah. from a health, a health and safety perspective. Cause we're really right. touching in territory that we, we don't know, but we like to think we know, you yeah. know, we like to think it's totally safe to be wearing something like this all the time. I, right. I'll be, it'll be curious in retrospect to see right, what, what we find out, what we actually find out. I think psychologically too, you know, yeah. I've noticed even for myself, like wearing the mask, uh, when I go to the grocery store or even just, I don't know, any sort of retail experience, it creates a strange anonymity where mm-hmm. I feel like I don't like have to smile at people cause they can't see me anyway. So it's like, there is like this passive relatability with strangers that we normally have because we can see each other's faces is kind of yeah. diminishing a little bit. Yeah. And that's a little spooky. It's very spooky. Reminds me of wearing a burka a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. No offense to anybody who wears a burka, but no, but I mean, from, from where we stand, you know, and where, I mean, how we just our experience in life to then have this very weird, you know, I mean, just like, yeah, I mean, just eyes. It's just like such a bizarre thing. Yeah. You know, I do think I look kind of sexy in a mask though. I've seen pictures, actually. <laughs> I don't think you look horrible, but I, I don't mind it. I but mean, I, I, pref- I'm like, oh. I prefer your smile and face. Oh, yeah, there. I posted an image of you. Shauna is also a Sunspice model. In case any <laughs> of you guys were wondering, if you go to the Sunspice Shop Instagram page right now, you will see a wonderful image of her getting ready to down some mind. I saw that this morning. That turned out so good. It's hard to get a good photo of me. I got, but you did a good job. Yeah, Yeah. I have a couple of us actually like trying to drink it together, and that was when (laughs) I was like, I think this is inappropriate or not appropriate um, to post. But I still have it. I'll send it to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the photos turned out great. Yeah, it's been it was it's been fun. It's been really fun just building a relationship with you in general and learning more about you and and some of your stories and. Just, I, I mean, I told you this the last time that you just, you walk into a room and you, you exhibit such a sense of, um, rootedness and security, mm. uh, which creates, it's like an automatic, you automatically create a safe environment. You know, it's mm. like the, even the day of my wedding, I'm just like running mad, like a wild woman. And I knew that the minute, like I like went into the room, it was all going to just like, yeah. and it totally did. Oh, Once I'm you so finally got me in that. there. So you just have, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been great to get to know you and see, you know, we all have our gifts in life and what we bring. And obviously you're a phenomenal stylist, which is a huge part of it. But as a person, you just emanate a sense of like strong stability, mm. safety and security to be able to just express. Oh, good. You know, Thank which I guess you. if you're a hairstylist, that's 
I, I would assume that's an important component since you're going to be chopping people's hair off. You oh, know? for sure. <laughs> they need to trust you and feel yeah. safe with you. Make people feel comfortable being vulnerable. I mean, they're in your chair. You've got yeah. your, your hands on their head and kind of, you know, the way they're going to look for the next potentially six, eight weeks is all yeah. in your hands. Yeah. So well, for me, it's like six months. Although now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. everyone. Well, now that I know you, I'm taking better care of my hair. <laughs> so that's good. So what, what hair products do you use and recommend? Um, I'm a big hair story girl right now. Um, I have to tell you, my girlfriend came in last weekend, Morgan, who I realized you knew you met her. She was painting my nails. Right, right, right. She's right. my childhood best friend, I just like soul her, sister. Yeah. She has horrible, um, she has some issues with psoriasis. And so she was using it on her head. Yeah. And she walked out of the shower and she's like, I need to get that stuff. Where did you get that stuff? You yeah. Know, immediately just fell in love with it. So it's amazing. I really do think it's going to kind of change um, the idea of cleansing your hair from this kind of like two product um, detergent base. So you, and then adding back in the moisturizer sort of thing that we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think uh, as a tactile experience, it might take a little bit of transition time, but it Mm -hmm. it does wonders for your hair. I'm, I'm a big fan. My, I think my thing is I run really oily at my scalp and then dry at the ends. Mm. So I'm like, well, I need the moisture at the ends. Right. But when I have it on my scalp, then my scalp is really oily. Right. That's a that's a lot of people's issues common. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm cons. I mean, I, that's one thing that about the beauty industry that I do enjoy really digging into is I love geeking out on products and like checking out the what's latest innovations, latest greatest. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it, you wouldn't. Well, you, you work. See my pile of products. It's insane. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Do you still work with Aveda though? I still work with Aveda, and my salon in Phoenix um, is all Aveda, and they've they've gotten a very extensive product line. I love their color. Yeah. Um, just as an artist, the way that their system is laid out is like just really works with my mind. Um, uh, but I'm also kind of like peeking into some other color lines that are for the island specifically, um, I want to create my space kind of out in the woods and we're looking at being on septic. We're close to the, to the sea here. And so I just want to make sure that Why those chemicals we're putting in the ground. Or, yeah. So, and there's, um, there's some chemicals that are very specific to hair dye that can be not harmful to humans, but really detrimental for marine life. So I'm kind of like in the early stages of digging into that. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. You know, there's so many things we don't even think about in terms of how we're affecting our environment. Yeah, I know. My dad used to have this saying, like, watch your wake. I always like that. It was a boating term, but like wherever you're going, like, yeah, look at what you're leaving behind. Meanwhile, I see face masks everywhere on the, on the street now. It's just like all of a sudden it's okay to litter, you know? (laughs) Right. It's like the same person that was yelling at me for not recycling enough or like not doing (laughs) something is like littering a face mask. I've seen a lot of them on the trails. I'm training for a big hike right now. So that's kind of funny. Sad. It is sad. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's just like, you know, 
I don't know. Yeah. Let's try and be conscious in all arenas. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, well, this is the latest thing. So drop every other, everything else. And this is all we're going to focus on. All you need to focus on is right. making sure you're wearing that mask and keeping <laughs> it up and making sure you're shaming those who are not in any given time period. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Has that happened to you? Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, well, the thing that bothers me is when uh, they're doing it to my kids. Right. Because, you know, and we've had some people and I think, I think people are somewhat afraid to say anything to me just because I have such a, I mean, I've known this about myself since I was young, pretty dominant sort of force and like powerhouse. I think people may, might energetically know if they said something to me that they might, you know, so, um, but I, you know, but, but I've, I've, I've watched my son kind of be told Mm. you need to make sure you're wearing that mask now. Yeah. It's like. You need to mind your own goddamn business. <laughs> right. Um, with all due respect, you know, um, and truly. But I just, you know, I have to keep moving. You just move back from that that defensiveness to a yeah. place of compassion. Right. And you recognize that this, this, these types of issues, like many issues, it brings up something different for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much rooted in fear in this. And yeah. that's, I think... It's, it's a fire I don't want to throw fuel on. Yeah. Well, and I feel like also if you're someone who's really overcome fears and overcome traumas and have made it out as, um, as not a victim and uh, you've mm-hmm. propelled past that place and been able to go, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that sucked. But man, look at me now. Right. You know, I feel like there's beauty in that. Yeah. You, I mean, I know that you have a story like that where you've kind of really had to go through something that was so uncomfortable. And I mean, for me, it was, it was 19 and pregnant. Yeah. You know, and then everything that went with that and not having any support that I really needed and having to really sit in and go from like just the bare bones of it all. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine what that felt like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know for you, you, you want to have children, yeah. but you've been through something that in the past that has been pretty traumatic for you that you're not, um, well, I, I don't know. Right. I have no (laughs) idea what, what the details are, which is why I should probably ask. Um, do you think that there, do you think that you came out of that more of like this warrior, stronger, more secure person? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, so for everyone that is probably wondering what we're talking about right now, I had, um, my daughter, Abigail, um, had, was born with some complications and only lived for two and a half hours. So, and I, I knew she was going to struggle like throughout the whole pregnancy. And so did it, you intuitively notice when, she- um, not initially, no, okay. medically, they could they see can. it. Got it. Yeah. So, but it was, it was not a specific thing that was diagnosable and it had, um, a potential outcome that ranged from she'll be fine. She'll probably need a surgery and then she'll just be like any normal kid. Oh, interesting. To, uh, she might not be compatible with life. So it was just this extremely broad spectrum that didn't really leave me with a, a lot of option. And it, besides relinquishing total control, (laughs) you know, and, and really sit in that fear, huh? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, terrifying and pendulum swing between like, 
total bring you to your knees fear. I cannot do this to, um, just bravery. Like I've never experienced since like, of course I can do this. Like, this is why I'm here. It's like, I don't know how long I get to be with her, but it's going to make every second. It's going to count. Yeah. And, um, and that is carried with me, you know, cause I did that for her, but now I get to do that for me. You know, mm. life is so important and it's super short guys. <laughs> it goes oh by God, so you can quick. See, I'm crying for you right now. <laughs> oh man. I, I just could yeah. not, I could not imagine going through that. Yeah. I couldn't either, you know, until I did. Um, and just all the stages of kind of facing that unknown and how is it, how it, how it changed shapes. Yeah. Was quite the lesson. I mean, it's, I feel really lucky to have been exposed to some wisdom that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do without a kind of an extreme tragedy like that. Yeah. Did, um, I mean, what, what, what do you, what was, I guess, what did your healing process look like? It was ugly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think just, uh, getting used to that, you know, I'm kind of like, I like to have goals and I like to make plans and steps for my goals and it's going to look like this. And I've got every hour like planned down to the minute and to just enter into something where you're just messy and, and, um, unmotivated and like, depressed and like just watch Grey's Anatomy all day long you know mm-hmm. it's like and and you don't care if anybody knows <laughs> so yeah it was messy and and just letting that be it because when something like that happens to you you kind of just have to feel it yeah it's like you don't want to suppress it yeah 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 I mean I went to therapy and and dealt with grief in a number of different ways but honestly there's not a whole lot you can do but let time kind of do its thing mm-hmm. um yeah do you feel do you still feel connected to her oh for sure yeah she visits I it's funny because I've always had an aversion to the color pink like it felt too girly for me. I've always been a bit of a tomboy, but she is so pink to me. Like Mm -hmm. whenever I see like little pink flowers or, um, when the sun sets and comes in like really vibrant pink, like that's just her visiting her little sweet little girl energy. Interesting. Yeah. And I like to, it's funny because she has a, a strong maternal energy too. I think because she did teach me so much about my own life. Mm. Like I like to talk to her as a mother, but also as, um, just like another female entity. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, are you proud of what I'm doing? You know, I, I like, I want her to be proud of me. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. I find it so fascinating how these sort of experiences lead to a higher thought process. Yeah. You know, something beyond yourself. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Yeah. But you still want to have kids. Oh, yeah. It's, It's 
It's on the table. I feel like I was kind of born to be a mom. You know, I've always wanted kids. I think when I was younger, I wanted a really big family. I've always loved like these really chaotic kind of like <laughs> dinner table Let families. Things. Yeah. yeah. And like I love siblings and how they relate to each other. I'm a bit older now. I don't know if I've got the time for that. I'm just going to have to like have lots of friends with kids so they can make their oh, yeah, you're in the right siblings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll get pregnant at the same time. I know. Be fun. Exactly. <laughs> um, I could do one more. I could do one more. Of course, <laughs> my worry would be it would turn into two or something right? ridiculous. And I, would, I would love twins, actually. Because like, then I could get two done in like one swoop. That's true. My mom had twins, although it was after she had two. So she had like, you know, one who was just, just moving out of toddlerhood. Yeah. Had just moved out of toddlerhood and was like naughty little boy stage. Yeah. And then me, who I was four... Yeah. And didn't want to listen to her. Yeah. And then she had like two. I remember I, I, I didn't ever get to see her reaction to it, but I heard <laughs> that she just like came back with, with a picture to show my aunt. And she was, you know, it was, it, had, it was not the most enjoyable day, but I guess well, four kids <laughs> would be a lot, you know? Right. Cause three, if you've already had two, you're like, okay, one more. One and more, then to find out like, whatever. You had, like your situation. Maybe you'll have twins. Oh yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that needs to happen. One, although I've had weird, um, it's funny you talk about having a relationship with her mm. because I have this weird, um, sort of experience and she shows up in weird ways in my life it's mm -hmm. almost like she, I think she might be close yeah and then I feel like she goes away yeah but I, I do strongly feel that if I were to have another one that it would be a girl and I think there's a, also a strong chance that I wouldn't have any have another one right um but she'll like we are we are I already know what we would call her it yeah be, it would be juniper and I remember like a few weeks ago I was Oh, I, I randomly bought, I know I randomly so bought sweet. juniper berries at the store Yeah, just because I saw it and I was like, I've never used juniper berries. So I bought them and then what'd that, you do with them? I haven't done anything with them yet. Mm. <laughs> it's more of a symbolic purchase. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I met a little girl and she came up to me and was like, hi, I'm June. And I was like, oh, nice. It's short for juniper. <laughs> she was this cute That's little girl so and I was cute. just like shooken up. But, yeah, you know, and it was it was wild and it made me feel like, oh, maybe she's closer. But I've yeah. had a few experiences like that where like oh, she'll come in my dreams mm. and then she goes away. Yeah. You know, and I think part of it is internally, too. I like um, I'm I think I struggle sometimes with how I would, you know, manage a business and, you know, how right. how, how, how are you, you going to do it all? You know, that sort of constant. Well, I think if I've learned anything it's to try my best not to futurize too much because <laughs> it it figures itself out I mean honestly yeah yeah so I don't know make it work so I mean for you do you have like but you have a vision in your head of yeah what it would look like right like what the family looks like right and where you are and is it on Orcas Island is it here yeah I mean yeah. what better place to raise kids yeah. you know yeah I've got 
some acres of forest and they could just use our imaginations and run out and play. I have to put another, uh, another yurt on top. Yeah. Do like right? a, a, a double, mini yurt a double like a decker. Tube. Oh, you could do that. I was thinking yeah. of the whole double decker. Like it's That'd two, be interesting. <laughs> I've heard of those. I haven't actually seen a double one. decker yurt. I don't have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's like a, there's I like could a see hole that. in the center of it. Yeah. Where they the already have the skylight up or something. Huh. Yeah. We might just have a real house at that point. <laughs> like maybe by then the yurt was just like a fun right. passion project. I think the yurt would work just fine for like a little kid. Oh, totally. Um, but yeah. at a certain point, I think we would get, you know, time for a real house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I do love the yurt though. Who knows? We'll just kind of see when we outgrow it. Like I'm you pretty good at knowing when it's time to change. in the yurt to really feel it. That's true. I haven't yeah. done that yet. Yeah. I've only year. kind of like dipped my toe in winter and then left again. <laughs> yeah. This year. Right. Well, Shauna, Tebow <laughs> girl, my Tebow girl. It's been fun having you. You have yeah, to come back. I definitely will. We should talk about art. We should. We should get Mike in here to talk about Mike art. Mike should get in here to talk about art. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mike is her wonderful other half who uh yeah yeah we'll have to get him in to talk it'd be fun <laughs> that'd be great well thank you guys for tuning in to today's sun spice wisdom podcast and show we'll see you next time i love how like the sun is glistening in i know so you're say goddess. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank Bye. you guys for watching we'll see you next week <laughs>